It's time to stop reimagining things and actually start changing them. Tune in to Recalibrate with Samsung, where we'll discuss how technology is changing the way we work, connect, and live our lives. On this episode of Recalibrate, we keep the same company around, chatting with Reed Estriker and Ray Cooey of Samsung B2B, as well as Dr. Simon Locke, CTO of RG Nets. They'll break down their unique perspectives on device handshakes, cloud computing, Samsung DeX, and the phones that are surpassing computers. Now here's your host, Jason Claybrook. Hi, we're back with Recalibrate. I'm Jason. This is Ray. There's Simon Reed. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you gentlemen doing today? Good, man. Good. Awesome. We were talking cloud computing. Mm -hmm. We were talking about decks. We were talking about handshakes. So to kick us off. Okay. Well, first of all, I think we have to understand what DEX is, right? Because not a lot of people have are carrying around a Samsung device and using DEX every day. Go back to episode four. Yeah. Right. Or just and recap. It, and this is, this is a capital D, lowercase e, capital X. This is a DEX. Yeah. Yeah. Just for those. Zero, 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 four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so being able to use your device and we like to say, you know, leave your laptop at home on purpose, right? So being able to just use your phone, and quite frankly, the phone that I'm now given by the company is better than the laptop that the company gives me, right? You think about the processor, you think about the memory, you think about everything else, mm-hmm. that my phone is actually better than the laptop they give me. What's the most decked out DeX device there is? Uh, it is currently um, <clears throat> Galaxy S10 Plus, and it has 12 gigs of RAM, and a full terabyte of storage. And so this is on a phone. And a phone. Just for everyone's. It's not really a phone anymore. No. It's not. It's we call it a phone. It's a computer. It's just a really tiny calls. computer that's amazing. <laughs> and we just we call it a phone, but it really isn't a phone anymore. We, who even uses their phone for phones? Right. I mean, I, use my, I use, actually did use my phone once today for a phone call. I mean, even if you pair it back a that little bit to this, right, which I got, you know, last year sometime. This is the Note 9, right? Great phone. You know, and we call it a phone, but I use it with Dex. You know, as mm-hmm. Jason was saying, you know, from episode four, we mm-hmm. had that interesting conversation there about, you know, what I do with it, right? And yeah, I mean, this is more powerful than any laptop, you know, at least spec wise, more powerful than any mm-hmm. laptop you can buy for less than, I don't know, $1,500, something like that, mm-hmm. right? To get something that's as powerful as this, you know, on paper specs, you'd have to spend like two thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Anything other than that, it's 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 gonna suck. It's really quite amazing, you know, what you can get in this kind of form factor. And DEX is a way that allows you to bring the hardware power of it into a realm where the user experience is such that you could actually harness that, mm-hmm. right? Because the small screen obviously always limits you and mm-hmm. things like that, right? But DEX is a way where you can take all of this horsepower, bring it onto a larger screen, use an external input device, and now run these applications on it in a way that you know resembles mm-hmm. what you're used to doing on a full-size computer. Yeah, yeah basically desktop computing. Because yeah. you're just plugging your phone, you're plugging specific uh, devices that are DEX enabled, you're just plugging into the bottom port into an HDMI 
to any like TV monitor display, whatever. And then you're basically using a fully functioning desktop computer with like keyboard, mouse, mm -hmm. all the peripherals you can do, uh, you know, plug in for, via like Ethernet, for mm -hmm. example, an Ethernet only policy that you're enforcing from an IT perspective. Um, there's, a, there's some really, it's just a really amazing, very powerful solution that um, is starting to catch up, which is really great. Catch on, I should say. So but what happens to DEX when you put a 5G radio on it? It's a great question. So, so currently we're about to launch the S10 5G device. Okay. So it's our first 5G phone that Samsung's uh, come out with. So Reed, to your point about you know this great capability of of you know this application and c connectivity and whatever, we're still finding companies that are still in a legacy Windows environment, hmm. right? And they don't want to spend the thousands of dollars or whatever it is to migrate that architecture into an Android-based app. So that's where virtual machine comes in and cloud. And so to your question about using 5G, imagine now instead of having a 4G or a slower connection to that device, and you might have problems with setup, authentication, the handshake, you know, establishing your cloud environment through DEX, now with this 5G connection, it's, in, it's instantaneous, right? So then, now you have Windows, we have also exposed uh, Linux as mm -hmm. you know a window operating system, um, which is interesting, and so you now have coders that are able to use DEX and Linux natively on the device. Mm -hmm. So now it's not just Android and an Android apps, it's Windows and it's Linux. And then you take that network and, and you know, it's super fast speeds. And if we rewind back to talking to Keith and Yasser, or Mark for that matter, mm -hmm. um, and what they're doing natively with security on that device, mm -hmm. combined with DEX, combined mm -hmm. with 5G radio, so you have that instantaneous connection, insane amounts of bandwidth, throughput, capacity, low latency, what, what is that? Take all those things together, mash them up, and cloud computing, what's my experience? Where, where's that the most practical? Is it as a consumer? Is it as is that enterprise, running factories, ticketing agents at the airport? Who's, who's the most, who's gonna benefit from this most right now? Or is it, everybody should be doing it. If you're not, you're, you're a moron. <laughs> I wanna go so far as to say <laughs> that, but I would say it's, it's across industry, right? So you go into a 5G space for uh, manufacturing, right? It's a yeah. great location to have 5G speeds. You have somebody that is walking around the, the factory floor um, and notices um, you know, this particular machine or needs to order parts or whatever. And instead of lugging a laptop around or having workstations in awkwardly you know, place places, you can take the phone, dock it in a DEX, and then you have a full environment that's dedicated to you without having to go in and sign in every time, mm -hmm. right? So stations, you know, a lot of people have to, you think about hospitals, right? Nurses have to go to a station and then sign in with yep. their credentials and then do everything. But imagine if that phone was assigned to that nurse or to that, you know, manufacturing floor manager, and they walk in, no, you know, that's their device. And maybe even you tie in the, the fingerprint sensor, and that's how you authenticate. So you walk up, fingerprint, done. And can I take that same type of phone into a 
CBRS environment. Sure. So it supports BAM48. Yes. Obviously Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in that private enterprise, whatever, whatever my medium of communication is, Simon, what's the benefits in being able to support those three different protocols, wireless, unlicensed, license? Well, that's uh, sort of what we were talking a bit about with the last episode, right? Is that when we have this uh, spectrum, so to speak, of possibilities, right? You can connect the, the decks with the remote desktop client, you know, over different networks. That gives us the ability to have the flexibility to have, you know, different kinds of applications running on it that we wouldn't have before, right? So if you think about running everything native on this device here, right? I mean, certainly that's, you know, something that we would like. We would like this device here to be able to natively run everything on it, right? But that's not always going to be the case. Remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about how, you know, you might have, you know, the, the catalog being too big or something like that, mm-hmm. right? So what we want is we want this device to be able to run a remote desktop session or something like that to a centralized cluster of machines, which could replace, for example, what you were saying before. I have this legacy Windows infrastructure where everyone has a desktop. So I've got like 1,200 desktops out there. Now, for me to forklift upgrade 1,200 desktops, that's going to be something like you know $5 million, right? Mm-hmm. But if instead of that, I forklifted to you know DEX-enabled devices, I could then spend as little, possibly as little as ten dollars or $20,000 on a central server and run all of the things that I needed to run on that central server. You know, like obviously, you know, word processing or whatever could run on this natively. Mm-hmm. But there's a few things like the order entry or something or whatever that needs its custom app. Well, we just run that at a central place, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, is that if we run that at a central place, we obviously need a way to get to that central space from this device. Mm-hmm. And that's where the things we were talking about last time, why they're so important. Because you need the ability to do a high bandwidth, low gain connection to those, mm-hmm. to that central server, so that I can push, like let's say a graphics intensive or something like that, some kind of app like that, uh, to this DEX, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe if I'm going to have uh, a medium range, medium bandwidth thing that would be appropriate for CBRS instead of pushing a lot of graphics to it. Maybe what I'm doing is I'm doing something more along the lines of manipulating the database for order entry, mm-hmm. right? And then obviously I have the macrocellular way to do exactly the same thing, but that might be built by the kilobyte or byte or megabyte or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to reserve that for when we're off the site from the cost perspective, right? So having that that three separate things that we have there, those that ability to, to uh, have the cross-section of the game bandwidth product uh, world connect to this is a key enabling factor of what allows us to be able to use DEX so effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love DEX, right? I told you that, you know, when we were last year, right? The amazing things I can do with that. None of that would be possible without the various abilities to connect. Right? Mm-hmm. And I would love it if I could have that super high bandwidth connection everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. but you know you can't have that. Mm-hmm. Right? Gain bandwidth tell- product tells us that that's never going to be true. It's always going to work better if you want a lot of bandwidth, that is, on a shorter range uh, WLAN tech as opposed to a longer range WLAN tech. The carrier pigeon. The carrier pigeon. How does that translate? You're from the healthcare world. Mm-hmm. How does that translate into patient outcomes? Uh, well, one, so we've got a really awesome, uh, called, it's a solution called multi-use, um, and this is actually 
you talked about like authenticating in uh, a doctor can physically put you know, like something like the Note 9, they can actually dock that in or plug it in and actually use their eyes just to log in just biometrically. Um, biometrically, is that a is that a use? It is of the, now. Okay, yeah. it is now. There sure it is. I said, it, I said it with confidence, and I should have stuck that. Um, but uh, using the biometrics with their eyes, they can just log in. You've got uh, other, other abilities to badge in on the back of the device as well through companies like Improvada that we work with. Um, where you can basically have a what they, what they call a cow, which is a computer on wheels or mm-hmm. a wow work, uh, workstation on wheels, um, where instead of having this massive computer that you're mm-hmm. walking around with, you just have this device. And it's like you literally could just have a, a display that you're just plugging into and you've got your keyboard terminals, whatever, and that device is coming with you. The reason this is crucial, though, is because the security of having the device on the person versus just an open workstation that someone might be able to like snag a badge and log into. So having this on your actual person's another, it's another great, uh, great piece of it. But there's some really cool solutions. So you can turn patients there. faster and be on time. Yeah, it's it, well, it's also too. It's like you get to like you talk to anybody in the healthcare industry. They want to spend time with their patients. They don't want to spend time like messing around with technology or writing right. down forms. Like especially the nurses and then like the doctors, they want to have that human touch. And the more time that you can spend adequately with your uh, with your patient, the better. And so if, if we can enable an incredibly fast, smart solution for doctors and nurses to be able to then spend that more that better quality time, uh, then things like misdiagnosis would probably go down, I would imagine, because you're, you're able to spend that time, you're not messing around with something, you're not frustrated. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, butterfly effect from being able to implement this type of technology. For Also for me though, I will say, because you were talking about um, uh, like 5G and uh, CBRS, once this becomes more of a thing, like the stuff that we're doing here with, with video, doing that virtually, I mean, now you can dump all this footage and have it somewhere, and then I can be across the country plugged in and actually accessing that just on my phone and, and working in full desktop functionality, where normally I'd have to be in my editing bay. That's a huge deal to have that kind of computing power. And we can't, re- you can do it now, uh, but with the, some of the latency of the network, it can be very frustrating. Sure. So it's like, so that getting cleaned up and like that near real time, uh, or I mean, really close to near, near real time, I mean, you're like, what are you, two millisecond latency for some of this stuff? I mean, that's mm-hmm. really awesome when it comes to the responsiveness of, of, of powerhouse computing just through something that's in your, like your, po- your pocket or the palm of mm-hmm. your hand is very cool. One thing I want to talk about just briefly when you said you know having the phone on on you right mm-hmm. especially in healthcare it's not the fact that the patient's records are on that phone on right. you no, right no, no, it's no. those patient health healthcare records are back at their mainframe this is just an access point right and so the patient's healthcare records don't go anywhere this is just a quick way of a doctor or nurse being able to get on the system and mm-hmm. access it and identify that they are the correct person to be able to do this and then you take things like the camera, where you can, you know, maybe scan the, you know, the wrist, you know, bracelet with the barcode on there, and make sure that you're medication. treating the right person, and you're giving the right medication, and so on and so forth. So this becoming not just a, an endpoint computer, but also, you know, a receiver of, of, you know, patient information as well, and making sure that that's. You know, correctly done. The yeah, green so. screen. You remember those? The oh, green gosh, terminals. Well, yeah. Also, too, home health. I mean, I think home health is going to be a huge, mm-hmm. 
Uh, oh yeah, it's a massive, massive thing. I mean, as technology gets better, we can have that communication. I mean, we kind of joked about it earlier when Keith was in, um, talking about how his his mother didn't want to you know do anything like tell him that since she wanted to be like physically uh, with the doctor. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the um, the ability to have a doctor like at your fingertips is pretty impressive. It mm-hmm. really, really is, especially for diagnosis of things. Mm-hmm. Being able to check in with somebody, uh, somebody that might be ha- like housebound just because of maybe their age or their mobility, that's a huge deal. That's a huge, huge deal. And networking is going to be a massive part of that. And go back a second. EMR you brought up. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talking to David Rue mm-hmm. a few weeks back, and he made the case for, as individuals, being able to securely carry your medical history, your medical records mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and transport that. So if you start looking at Knox and that capacity and I almost paint the scenario where you're you have the telemedicine connection you're talking to a doctor mm-hmm. and the doctor may actually have the Note 9 or the S10 mm-hmm. plugged in and they're using that in a full screen mode mm-hmm. to see a patient and be able to see medical records in a very secure connection mm-hmm. and the patient be able to establish that handshake push their records whatever the latest update is because mm-hmm. it you know they may be talking to a specialist just saw the primary care physician push that through to the specialist that's in you know remotely in this person the patient may be in kansas and they're working with a specialist in houston mm-hmm. and so is that something that we could do with that kind of network that kind of security have this desktop experience and still use the cameras mm-hmm. to have that connection push those records, almost like it's over a VPN. You would absolutely, and and you bring up the camera part again, and and I just think about the new technology of what's field of view, right? So, <clears throat> with the newer technology, with you know S10 as an example, you have a 123 degree field of view now. So if you are a doctor, that's helping maybe, you know, you, you said Kansas, I'll, I'll go so far as to say, you know, maybe a third world country, you know, Doctors Without Borders, right? So maybe that particular doctor isn't familiar with, you know, that procedure that he's having to do or she's having to do. And now with that camera with 123 degree field of view and a better network, you can, you know, you can push through, you know, everything that that doctor is seeing. So now nothing is out of you. And so the, the person on the other end, the phone a friend, right isn't saying hey turn a little bit to the left i can't see xyz whatever that is right now you have the entire field of view as part of it as well and i think that's a critical part when you're talking about remote patient care and and remoting in trying to find you know what's going on yeah even if it wasn't like a major procedure or anything crazy it was just like somebody that just had to get eyes on a scene I mean, even just like the fact, because what's what was the original camera? Seventy-seven degrees. Seventy-seven. So now it's it's one twenty-three, mm-hmm. and that's where that's like the human peripheral, right, where it cuts off at the edge, the one twenty-three average-ish. Yeah. So the human eye does a hundred and twenty degree field of view. So that's just one eye. Yeah. Uh, if you add the two, you're going to get a little bit better of a you know peripheral vision. But if you consider one camera being one hundred twenty-three versus one hundred twenty, you're getting a really good you mm-hmm. know view of the room and for everything from you know maybe a maintenance person that's you know trying to do you know something on a a hvac or whatever phone a friend i don't i'm not familiar with this this is before i got hired you know this this particular thing i've never seen before Mm -hmm. you know and and that's actually a, a huge issue right now where these where these folks are retiring and there's these young guys coming on board and they've never seen that 
particular item, so they need to phone a friend and get some help. Hmm. So what are we talking about? Robots? Uh, Robot AI killing everyone? We were talking about Dex. We were talking right. about Dex and networks. Dex and networks. Dex and how Dex is going to drive the need for these kinds of different kinds of networks that we can deploy. Because Dex is such a, you know, Im unbelievably powerful money saver. It's kind of amazing that more people haven't figured this out, mm -hmm. right? That with Dex, you can save so much money mm -hmm. compared to the traditional concept of how you would do things of deploying these desktop computers. Well, actually, so you do a lot in the hospitality industry. We've talked about this before, but like even to that extent, you could have somebody, I mean, you could completely break down the counter and have people uh, like the counter, as you know, it, in like a hospitality environment where somebody could walk in, they could be greeted with, you know, and the person's on their mobile device mm -hmm. and getting information and seeing who's supposed to be checking and when through mobile check-in. And they, if they need anything in a desktop environment, they could literally walk over to a little kiosk, pop yeah. it in, do whatever they need to do in a mm -hmm. desktop environment if they need it, and then be done. The closest person that's come to that that I've seen is actually the, uh, the airline uh, club you know, like the lounge. Mm -hmm. That's the only example that I've seen is, is getting close to that, where they sort of figured this out a little bit. Because in some of the airline clubs now, the way they check you in is just with a handheld, mm -hmm. right? And so the next obvious step was that if that was a DEX-enabled handheld, they should be able to walk over, you know, and plug into the screen and bring it up if you have a question. You know, if you do that airline club thing, you know, mm -hmm. nine out of 10 people are going in just for the club, mm -hmm. right? But one out of 10 people has this crazy question about needing to go change their flight or get an upgrade or something, mm -hmm. and that is a pain in the butt to do on the smaller mm -hmm. screen. Well, and, and to that, you, you're talking about the airline. What, what I think is interesting is when they finally figure this out, like you were talking about having an app, right, on the phone, and that's how you end up interacting with whatever, right, your customer or whatever. You walking into the club and your app is on your phone, you walk in and there's no scanning, right? Your app is uh, announcing yourself, who you, are, yeah. who you are. You walk in and they're like, hi, Simon. Yeah, you should know. You know, thanks for thanks for visiting us again. No more scanning, no more whatever. And, and that's across the board, right? Okay. So as you are greeted, you know, maybe by, you know, that, you know, particular airline because of your status, right? And they're, you know, rushing you off of one plane to, to another. They don't have to hold up a sign any longer saying, you know, Simon, I'm waiting for you, right? Mm. And that's a privacy issue, right? It is. I think this is, the, we, we talked about this a little bit, um, and I think in a different episode, I think w with like the, gen the multi-generational um, uh, like uh, user base, I think as time goes on, especially with like Gen Z, uh, I think more people are just going to adopt mobile technology like that, where it's like people just aren't going to be as concerned anymore. I just really do, especially with like some of the, I mean, there, I know there's security issues all the times, but it's more... Um, especially on like your device, it's more of like uh, like companies getting hacked, or like mm -hmm. you know what I mean. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily the device uh, mm -hmm. so much, but and we've got fantastic security on our devices mm -hmm. with like Knox, the whole portfolio there. Um, but I think I think we're gonna see some really cool stuff in the future regarding like um, Gen Z uh, specifically, like really adopting full on mm -hmm. once that uh, the 1984 generation is like ah they're out to get me. Like my father says this all the time, and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll never use my phone for that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you're right, Dad. Like once they figure mm -hmm. out like where you go grocery shopping, that's mm -hmm. how the government's finally gonna get us all. Is whether or not they, <laughs> you're at High V buying something. Like you know, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, it's no one's no one. I don't think anyone cares to that granularity. But I think there is. Um, 
there's always going to be some paranoia that, that it's going to get abused. But I think for the most part, I, I, I do have faith that it won't. I really do. I mean, I think your point about saving thousands, you know, just by implementing that technology for DACs is, is critical, right? You, you think about when's the last time you went into a hardware store, like one of the big you know, nation brand hardware stores, and you go in and they're pulling up the information and it's, you know, AS400, mm. right, still. And, and so imagine being able to remove all of that hardware that's legacy and drop in a device that has better connectivity, better data, and you're not using four different devices to do back of the you know, house and then... Do we have a terminal emulator on that that we can actually use DEX mode and bring up an AS400 and extend the life? This one. There's a third-party one, but I use this one. What is a terminal? This one. Oh. But I don't think we, we can't say the name, right? So we can just but call yeah, it. We can just call it this one. For this this one is a terminal emulator that yeah. you can use Dex and log in to something command line or AS mm -hmm. four hundred desk. Keep mainframes popular. Mm -hmm. Mainframes I mean, are exciting. Yeah, like the things I can do with this uh, are just insane, right? You know, the fact that I have an <coughs> open VPN client mm -hmm. and that here, you know, I can just touch this. And when I touch this, it's going to open VPN to a Samsung Axis. And then once that's connected up, you know, I can go and bring up, you know, the terminal emulator and then just directly connect. I mean, that's just insane, right? It's mm -hmm. absolutely crazy I can do that from this. And the fact that I can take this and now connect this to a screen mm -hmm. makes it like that much nuttier, mm -hmm. right? Now, what I really wonder is, you know, why do people even bother with laptops sometimes? Assuming that you have the network out there, right? That you've got some kind of WLAN tech or you've got some kind mm -hmm. of CBRS tech or, you know, you're going to go and run it over the macrocellular network, you know, if you can, you know, pay for the gigabytes or whatever it is that you need to go and do for that. You know, why do you even have a laptop? Have you seen those USB screens you can buy? Mm -hmm. You know, they're like only a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. 150 bucks, you know, for a lightweight USB screen mm -hmm. in ways they measure the weight mm -hmm. in grams, mm -hmm. right? So if you connect that to this, you know, that's kind of like my pocket projector idea, sort of, right? But right. It's, you know, instead of carrying the 13-inch laptop, which is going to minimum weigh what? Three pounds? Uh, probably yeah, two, two, and a two and a half. Three two pounds, two and a half. Yeah, there's right. some really late laptops over there. And then you know what the you know what else I really hate. I hate synchronizing files. Do you hate synchronizing? Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate synchronizing files. Oh, I got that file on this computer. Or I got it on my desktop. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just have it here. Or I suppose if I have a corporate environment, I have a VM server and I've got like a hundred VMs on there, one for each employee, and it's just it's always there, right? And it's just amazing to me that more people haven't figured out, you know, that Dex plus network mm -hmm. equals insane cost savings. And productivity. How much time do you waste going back and forth between mm -hmm. laptops, oh, phones, synchronizing the file or whatever? Waiting for it to, up, you know, just turn on, right, and get to the right part, right? Yeah. It's, well, it's new. It's, it's, I think it's like anything. I think once you start using it, we actually, um, we were filming in New York uh, for um, uh, a DEX how-to video. And... Uh, we uh, we were setting it up and kind of like running through it with the film crew, and we plugged in the Note Nine, and uh, Dex started, and like all the production assistants were around because we were just kind of like watching mm -hmm. how it was going to go, and everybody simultaneously was like, 
wait, wait, what, what, what is this? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's called Dex. And they're like, mm-hmm. wait, what's, what is this? And they was, they, I think once you see it, yeah. it's, it's kind of like an aha moment. Um, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really something it's, it's incredible, man. To your point, I just, I just think it's too new. I just think it's too new and people, they can't like, we're so in the mindset of like having a, a device for right. one specific thing where it's like, I need to get on my computer. So I will go to my computer. Or I need to. I'm gonna watch, uh, you know, a show, so I'm gonna get on my mm-hmm. tablet. Mm-hmm. Or I need to, you know, check whatever my email, so I'm gonna get pull up my phone, my Instagram. I'm gonna pull up my phone. Like it's we've we've connected this like errant mind map to mm-hmm. s- specific devices, <laughs> and it's uh, we can do it all on one thing. So it's like if you needed a computer, even for like personal use, there's. I mean, there's. I don't know why you wouldn't. Go like the Note Nine or the yeah. S. What S? S Eight was Dex, right? X, S Eight was the S8. first Dex. Yeah, S Eight, S Nine, Note Nine, S Ten, S Ten. You know, I was doing a presentation to a customer using Dex. Tab S Four. Using, you know, one of the common web, you know, service providers. Mm. At the end of the presentation, the customer stopped me and said, "I have a question that has nothing to do with what we're talking about." Sure. What OS are you running? He noticed, right, the screen that I was presenting on. He Mm -hmm. noticed that it wasn't Windows. It wasn't, you know, those guys in Cupertino, right? And he was completely taken aback by what is this new OS that I've never seen before? Mm -hmm. And how are you presenting uh, on a web call? Because I had my camera, you know, plugged into it and everything else, and, and the phone was running the entire thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Dex. He's like, what's Dex? And we went into this whole conversation of exactly what Dex was, and he was like, I need to put this in my company. Yeah. And just by presenting it, right, just by a normal business conversation. Just having it there. Just having it, it there. Right? Yeah. And he was like, that makes no sense to me. Why do I, why do I not know about this? How much easier does that make IT's job? Massive. For a company, company our size. <sighs> yeah, I mean, smaller. Yeah, you have an IT department, multi-staff, they're having to track all these different devices. If every employee that needed any kind of computing power or needed a phone mm-hmm. or something in between, all those things that we use all the time, if you could standardize on one mm-hmm. thing that was multifunctional, yeah. mm-hmm. what does that do for IT cost? Oh, it drives down to time, dude, time. Yeah. Oh, my God, the amount of time. Because now you're not, you're not managing multiple operating system environments. You're just doing the one. Yeah. And there's all these, you know, so many use cases for the for the amount of time you can save by only having to manage one device. It's really, really quite unbelievable. And to be perfectly, you know, fair and honest, there is a, a slight increase in the cost of the network, right? Because mm-hmm. if you were just doing like traditional desktop Windows type stuff, right, mm-hmm. you can get away with kind of like murder on the wire network, right? Mm-hmm. You go and you buy like the cheapest, worst <laughs> unmanaged switches. And it'll be okay until you get hit with crypto locker or something. Like I that. don't even know why you would put in a wire <laughs> network anymore. If you're yeah. building a new building, mm-hmm. yeah. the only wires you should have going is to your it's APs. Your APs mm-hmm. right? So yeah. this kind of thing we're talking about requires a different kind of network to do it, right? You cannot just go and go willy nilly with unmanaged switches and whatever. You know, you probably should deploy an enterprise wireless access point, you know, WLAN, like mm-hmm. real good WLAN tech. Or if you have a large enough org, right? I think the CBRS tech is a great choice for that. Mm-hmm. Which you, pr- and at that size, you probably have something else going on there anyway. You probably have some PTT craziness or whatever going on anyway. And so what we're saying is, is that to go take that approach with the network, combine that with X, and I think the total cost comes way down. 
Also, too, like just from a time from the time perspective, you can not by not focusing on so many tasks, you can actually start focusing on things that are extremely valuable, and like the value. Focusing IT on things that like really need to be solved instead of like the stuff that nitpicks at you all day is a huge thing as well. It's not just the amount of time overall; it's the it's the ability to focus on what really matters. That's I mean that's a whole other whole other side of that that doesn't really get discussed. But but to, to your point about putting this in this huge network, I think that that's only required if you have a lot of users on there. And it's true. Right? So uh, I don't want people to feel like, oh, I have to have this massive network, you know, and when I go home, I can't use this functionality. I, I think I think that's the that's the key part is when you're at work, you know, you build up the network, you have all these endpoints on there that's super fast, but then when I go home, I can still use it, you know, in my own home office, right, yeah. and have access to everything that I had at you know at work, and I maybe simplify VPN or maybe simplify some of those other expenses right. right that companies are doing today you know they're they're doing vpn on a laptop because it's required but imagine using you, know, you, you talked about having keith on right so yeah. imagine using knox um and its own internal vpn per application and, and not having to, to yeah. pay those licensing fees at the and same yeah way. that's absolutely exactly what i was just saying right you know i can be at my office right now i just turn on my vpn right here just hit right. that button and i'm at my office right so that's kind of an amazing part of it, right? And just imagining the cost for, say if you're a nationwide insurance carrier, mm -hmm. how many laptops or computers mm -hmm. are you outfitting each of those? I think like cable companies, anyone field services. Yeah. I mean, all mm -hmm. the all the, like the massive computers that you have, anything that needs to be like a, a protected, protected computers are so expensive. So here's the crazy one, so public safety, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, Legacy, you have a police officer sits in a squad car, has his ruggedized laptop, and all of this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Man, the PTT radio that costs like $2,000. Right, right, right. right, right, right. <laughs> so you have all this stuff going on versus, and, and, and this isn't fiction, this is actually what we're doing today, is we're, we're replacing that $3,500, $8,000 installation mm -hmm. with a Dexin vehicle. So now you're talking about a screen, a ruggedized keyboard, and a phone. Plug it in, and that now you have immediate access to all of criminal records, all of that. Mm -hmm. You have it secured by fingerprint or whatever that is. And then now the, the officer is on scene, takes a picture, says, okay, here's what, what happened. You know, maybe with the volumetric imagery that we were talking about, being able to measure out the skid marks of that of that car, mm. go back to his vehicle, dock his phone, and everything is in his phone, and doesn't have to, to your point, drag over files File. and trying to figure Multiple out where systems, all that is. Yeah. Type information, right. right? How often do you have to do that because you can't move from one to another, yeah. right? I mean, that's perfect stuff. And you know, they're the guys that have that giant PTT thing, right? Right. which is a great example if it's a small. If it's like a you know a county sheriff or something mm -hmm. like that, CBRS would be perfect for mm -hmm. them. For example, if it was a larger thing, maybe they want to go macrocellular, whatever, right? If you know, but having well, the there's the first net type cool. networks out mm -hmm. there right. just for that use case too. Mm -hmm. right. These yeah, and these work on them. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have that network there, right? You know, the mm -hmm. decks can bring you anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, and anything. and we're seeing it. I mean, it was funny. There was a captain that said, you know, for. What you install decks for in my vehicle, I, I would spend seven, or I can I can put seven of yours for one of what I typically do in the past. The math is crazy. Yeah. 
right? And especially with, uh, with so many in public safety being so strapped for like mm-hmm. budget wise, mm-hmm. to be able to put something in that's so cost effective and does so much more is pretty pretty huge. And what's funny is that most officers don't have a cell phone, right? Yeah. And in some of these places, they give one officer to maybe the captain or the whatever, and the rest of them have these really expensive radios. But now, bulky too. Yeah, bulky, and being able to reduce that cost in the vehicle, now you can have every single officer Mm -hmm. have a phone. And what does that do? That also gives the GPS location of every single officer. So when they have to call backup, I mean, the. There's so many benefits. The benefit just is. And then also, like some of our partners, you have like. you know, the, the dock where mm-hmm. it's physically docking in is a magnetic dock, so that way you're not having to constantly plug in and out of the pin mm-hmm. at the bottom. Um, you're not wearing out that port, and it's just mm-hmm. simple in and out of vehicle. Yeah. It's really smart solutions. That's like Ram Mounts is yeah. one of our partners that does it. I'll so, tell you something that I have been using this recently for the mm-hmm. next thing uh, since the last show we did that I, after we did the uh, the show where I was talking about the, the airplane next thing, mm-hmm. right? I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to. See if I can challenge myself some more, right? So the oh, most good. recent thing that I've been messing with is actually using this mm-hmm. uh, to bootstrap switches and stuff like that. So when you buy Ethernet switches, mm-hmm. they come in a state often which is like not connected to anything. And you have to connect a serial port to it to kind of get mm-hmm. it up, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is manifold security, this, that, and also because they have no idea what the hell is going to happen when you want to put it, right? So one of the things that I, I've been I've been messing with is, well, you know, if I have this, right, how does it feel with just the phone going to serial and being able to bootstrap, right? So, you know, I started working on some things and some of the people that, that work for me as well work on some things where, you know, through a web interface, right, I can get the bootstrap file I need and I can send that via serial. Right. So the mm-hmm. next thing I did, this was just actually last week where I was messing with this, was doing that over decks. And I started thinking to myself, you know, normally the way that I would do this if I was in a data center is I would need to carry like two laptops mm-hmm. or three laptops to in parallel do this, right? Or come up with some bizarre configuration where I have one laptop and like multiple serial ports on it or some crazy mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? But doing that on decks, it turns out that it, I could carry just one of these right and then a little screen and i could have the serial ports coming off of it you know the dongles i needed to be able to do that so you do usb-c into into the phone and then the mm-hmm. serial port off of so there's yeah. a usb-c so, to serial port so i did usb-c out of this uh-huh. to a multi-port usb adapter that mm-hmm. had both an hdmi right mm-hmm. and also had multiple it happened to be usb-a's but they could sure. have been usb-c's eventually i suppose mm-hmm. it would be and then from there i could plug in multiple serial adapters mm. and from the serial adapters actually i had the kind which went straight from usba to you know the the console type the rg45 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was able to do everything i wanted to do and you know the main reason why that's, i wanted to crazy. do it that way with that was because uh when you just use the phone copy and paste is not quite as smooth as i wanted to be mm-hmm. right so when i have like my little web app thing up if i want to copy all the text you know i got to you know, you gotta touch it mm-hmm. the right way, hit the copy, but if I have the decks up, because I have the keyboard and the mouse, right? It's mm-hmm. like, boom, Control-C, boom, Control-E, boom, and I let it run. And you know, the CLI, it takes like, you know, a minute or two to go and run the 1,000 commands to bootstrap mm-hmm. the switch, right? So while that's running, I go and I move to the next one, copy, you know what I mean? And it's like, the workflow was so freeing, mm-hmm. the, the ability to not have to feel like I have to lug so much in, mm-hmm. Right. If not anything else, you feel like, like free. 
I don't have to carry all of this junk. Like, you know, the, the, the screen and the this, it fits in my, mm -hmm. in, in my suit. I can you just walk in. You know who's going to be pissed about this? Backpack manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> Briefcase manufacturers. They're not going to like this at all. They're going to have to. I feel like if you are still using a briefcase, you're like transporting money illegally, or <laughs> or you're like, oh, yeah, I don't see anyone with briefcases anymore. So I guess the next thing I have to do is I have to try this with the fold, right? That's I would actually try. Step. I would I would try it also with the Tab S4. So with the Tab S4 natively, you can do decks on the screen itself. Oh really? Without yeah. a without an extra screen. I think I hear a challenge. Uh, yeah. Well, so and there's so there's a keyboard. Um, yeah. This keyboard. A there's a keyboard case. Absolutely. Uh, there's a keyboard case where you literally it's just like a book uh, bookcase cover. Yeah. Uh, you How can big is open. It? It's the size of the tablet. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like you know your normal tablet cover, which just covers the Tab mm -hmm. S4. It's a with 10.4 inch, 10.5 inch screen, whatever. And my goal in life is pay. to downsize my backpack. Okay, so it's a tablet. It's the size of the tablet, the actual keyboard, mm -hmm. right? Super, okay. super uh, easy. It's got a little uh, holder on it for the S Pen mm -hmm. as well. Um, when you plug, you can actually set it so that way when you dock the keyboard, it goes to Dex. It, it goes automatically to goes into Dex so that you're in a desktop environment. And then you just basically use your, your S Pen or your finger as the mouse. But that's So as you were talking about having to still carry another screen and everything else, I was I immediately went to you should try a Tab S4 because it will have everything that you have, portability, and then just do USB, uh, USB-C off of that. Tab S4, man. I think I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to try it with the Fold as well. We'll compare notes. I've got a couple challenges for myself. <laughs> All right. I am going to build a website off of Dex. Hmm. Mm. Off of your Fold? Uh, do I have a Fold? <laughs> do I? Really? Uh, man, a lot of fun stuff, mm -hmm. and I think the big thing that people should think about is investing in networks, decks, decks, cloud computing, VPNs, mm -hmm. drive costs down, productivity up, and removing legacy hardware. Like that's a big one. Sure. Yeah. I like that. And the focus on the legacy hardware, too, from a time saving, so you can focus on other things that are more important, like deploying a network. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recalibrate. For previous and upcoming episodes, or for more of our content, you can head to samsungnetworks.com, or you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs>